This is the Michael K. Show podcast. Listen live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. The Michael K. Show. Jordan Renan. I'm the conductor. I might be off that bandwagon. That was for Daniel Jones, by the way. <laughs> How'd that age for you? <laughs> it aged great last year, but the key was that he stayed healthy. That was the question mark going into last year. Can you even trust him? Can you even stay healthy? And now you're looking at him. He got injured again, hurt his neck first, member, So he missed three games because of a neck injury. Plus, he has an ACL tear. So now you're looking at it and you say, what is Daniel Jones's future? And can you really build around him and trust him? Forget the whole, is he a good quarterback conversation? Just on the merits of, is he reliable enough health-wise to say, this is my quarterback? And like if you're Joe Shane and Brian Dayball, it's hard for me to imagine they're sitting there saying, sure, we're good with Daniel Jones. The Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number two here on the K Show. Pat O'Keefe, Ty Butler, Michael, Don, Peter. Enjoying some time off this week, the day after Christmas on this Tuesday. Hope everyone's doing well. I mean, it's funny talking to Jordan there. We were just here like... 11 months ago, 10 months ago, how the Giants finally, after all that searching <laughs> through the wilderness and the desert or whatever, have found their quarterback, their franchise quarterback, and now they're in the market. For another one. For another one in the first round this year. It's it's amazing how quickly things change. And even some Giant fans had soured at, at, at some point this season on, on Brian Dable, who just months ago was the coach of the year, won a playoff game with, with Daniel Jones as a quarterback. So it, it, it just shows you how quickly things change. But we're, we're so accustomed to all these teams just being bad. It, it's, <laughs> it just feels like we're doing the same show over and over and over. Uh, it, it's amazing. That 2021, 2020, 2019. Like the two worst offenses in football. Jets, Giants. We were just there two years ago. (laughs) We're doing the same thing over and over. Last year, we came out of a five-year stretch where the Giants and the Jets were tied for the worst record in the NFL over that stretch. And I guess the only difference is, you you know, fairly or unfairly, better or for worse, is with the Jets... Your source of optimism is rooted in Aaron Rodgers returning next year. Now, some people might think that not a lot to look forward to because it means you're going to re- run this whole thing back with Sala, Douglas, and Hackett, and it'll be the same old song. But that's the that's the only difference, that the Jets actually have a quarterback who, at least his resume says, is a Hall of Famer and, and, a, and a champion. Well, he is a Hall of Famer, but he's got to be on the field. No, I'm saying his yeah. resume says that, but we yeah. haven't seen him right. do that in this uniform yet. No, he will not be wearing that. <laughs> they don't do this. He won't be wearing a Jets hat on his bust in Canton yeah. uh, when he's inducted. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's uh, 1-800-919-3776. Kevin in Bloomfield leads off hour number two. Kevin, what's going on? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Nice feeling uh, work you guys are doing. Appreciate Real you. quick, on on the uh, uh, Coughlin uh, note that the previous caller stated, I had, and I'm 51, and my first giant game was 1978, Miracle at the Meadowlands. First time I heard my father drop an F-bomb. <laughs> so I say all that to say, when when uh, Coughlin was a coach, he showed, or he gave no one the ability in terms of a veteran to step up. When Odell got into that crap with, um, what was the cornerback's uh, name? Oh, uh, uh, from the Panthers. Yeah, Josh Norman. Yes. Josh Norman, I was at that game. Yes, I was at that game. That was the last game. I actually took my seats. I I smuggled in a screwdriver and took my seats. And I'll (laughs) say this. When that fight broke out, 
There was not one veteran who snatched Odell, said, listen, if we win this game, we're guaranteed another game, which in, entails a game check. No veteran leadership at the tail end of his, uh, his tenure. Now, my, my main reason for the call, and you did give me some static, I really believe they used uh, DeVito to tank. You cannot have a professional player who's playing for the following year to go in there and say, hey, give me 50%. He put an inferior product on the field, and it just showed the people that the guy isn't it. He was a good story. He had a good preseason, and 80% of those guys he played against or with in preseason aren't even in the league. They went down the road to the USFL, and there's nothing wrong with that. But people fall for the banana in the tailpipe. The guy has no pocket presence. And, yes, you can develop him, but we need to draft a guy, keep an open competition, and let the draft uh, selections, let the chips fall where they may. We're going to have to pay someone being drafted that high. We can afford to let there be an open competition, let the kid develop even if he has to hold a clipboard for a year. That's better than what he might have been thinking his career would have been anyway, Kevin. Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't understand like being like to me, and I'm not trying to be that guy. It's an awesome story. People compared it to Linsanity. I remember he had that game winner against the Raptors. Lit my Lakers up, dropped 38 on Kobe. Like it was fun. They turned it, it into a documentary. He called 38 <laughs> against the Lakers or something. <laughs> he did. Uh, it was fun. The, the, Tom, the Tommy DeVito story, uh, you know, took the nation by storm. Right. It was also. Not the best part of what was happening for the Giants during that run. They were three three wins over it was the Patriots, the Commanders, and then the Packers. The Packers. That was the only legitimate win. But they also had their defense force, what, 12 turnovers yeah. during that stretch. So again, I'm not trying to like diminish the story that was DeVito. I, I think it was more about the defense. And also that game-winning drive against the Packers that was, it. Was, was sensational. That was it right there. I don't know that any rational Giants fan, though, thought that this guy was going to be their quarterback. I, I think best-case scenario, and it still exists, is you can bring him back as as like your 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 backup or your third stringer depending on what happens right if Daniel Jones is going to be here next year you'll draft a guy Tommy DeVito should be a part of that quarterback room just because he's shown you enough with the expertise and brilliance that is Brian Dable that he can be formidable as a backup not as a starter but as a backup we asked Jordan run on uh when he was with us 20 minutes ago was he surprised when Tyrod Taylor ran out to the huddle he said he was and here's Dable after the game on why he made the quarterback change yeah just try to try to spark the team um you know, I don't really have anything else to add on it. Just did it to try to spark the team. Um, so, of course, that was in the aftermath of the loss yesterday. What did Dayball say to Devito at halftime? He wanted to have a bark, a change needed to be had. And I mean, I understand it. it's business. We weren't doing great on offense in the first half. I'm not sure what the numbers were, but we're not scoring enough points. So, a change was made. Try to get a spark, and that was that. And here's the big question, of course, that will be asked until we get an answer: Who's the starting quarterback next week against the yeah, Rams? I'm just worried about tonight here. We'll talk about that here this week i mean the devito story was fun it was it was a lot of fun but you're right uh new england was in a real bad place when they played them and that was an ugly game washington i think 
the Commanders turned the ball over six times. Yeah, they did. And the Giants barely held on to win. And the New England game came down to them the missing, missing a, a field, field goal, goal that would have forced overtime. But yeah. Devito, you, the one thing that he can hang his hat on that whatever happens to this guy, and I'm t- I'm talking about not the off field promotions, which he and his <laughs> agent, his colorful agent, have done a great job cashing in on. But as far as like on the field between the lines, he will always have that drive on Monday Night Football against the Packers, where they were up and then the Packers come down and take the lead on the touchdown, and he drives the team down the field. I think he was four for four on that drive. They kick the game winning field goal to uh, cap off a three-game winning streak. You can't ever take it away from that guy. On Monday Night Football. And he also has us watching in real time that that growth. Because you remember the Jet game. What's that? Week 8? Where he wasn't allowed to throw the football and, and you know they essentially lost the game because of that. And then you see him help the team go on a three-game winning streak capped off by that game-winning drive on Monday Night Football where the world is watching against the Packers. So he'll always have that. But I, I don't think Giant fans were ever thinking it, it was more than just, or any rational Giants fan, I should say, thinking it was more than just, all right, let's have him be a cheap backup quarterback option next year as opposed to going out there and spending big-time money on someone else. And I don't know that he's a good backup quarterback option next year for the Giants. Well, we'll see. Like, it's still, like, like the, we're determining that based on a small sample. And I get the, you know, you're saying he can't be a starter based on a small sample size but I, I do think we've seen enough that there's something there okay? you do yeah that there's something there as, as a backup not as a starter but as a backup well we'll see what they do I, I think they start Tyrod Taylor this week it's probably his last start whatever happens if if you get to week 18 look here's the thing I am so sick and tired of the tanking conversation because it starts earlier every season when the Giants were two and eight People wanted them to tank out the rest of the season. You can't tank seven games. You can't tank two months of football. Like, these are guys, Jordan said, use the example of Saquon Barkley. What, what's he supposed to do? He's laying it out there on the line. He's laying it on the line, you know, his body on the field in a game that, like, he's got teammates. He doesn't know if that they're in the proper position to help him, if they're all in. You can't tank for seven weeks in the NFL. What you can do, you can tank for one week. Right, So let's see Tyrod Taylor out there. Give him one more start against the Rams. And then week 18, um, when you're playing the Eagles again, you could give DeVito one last shot. And you could, you know, you, you probably want to improve your draft position, but you could do it under the cloud of, well, we're giving him another shot to see if he's a viable option for next year. Well, I, and I get it. But at 2-8, and eight, fans aren't thinking like players. They're not thinking like athletes and like coaches. And by the way, I don't even think they shouldn't Brian be. Dable in, in a week 18 situation would be thinking about yeah it's best for us to lose this this game I don't want my head coach thinking that way that's a part of his competitive drive it's a part of what makes him a good football mind uh, football head coach so I don't want them thinking that way but for fans you can understand at two and eight uh, especially those who had already soured on Daniel Jones. There were a lot of people who were never sold on him to begin with. This was just confirmation. Can't stay healthy. Here you have Tyrod and Tommy look better with the offense than Daniel Jones did. So I think that at that point, they were just looking at you know what presents us with the best opportunity going forward uh, to salvage this regime. Because you know last year, it, now it looks like a fluke, but if Brian Dable can get his hands on a Caleb Williams or a Drake May, we can certainly see this team, you know, be something of substance going forward. But here's the question I have. Did DeVito 
show us something? Did he did he show that he's better than Daniel Jones? No, that, but that was always silly. Yeah. Like you had fools on the radio saying that. Well, I I I think he's usurped Daniel Jones. Like that's just either you're dumb or you're just trying to you know to clickbait, trying to get attention. I don't think rational people who watch this game thought that it was just about him being a backup quarterback. And, and I think the other part of it is the the people saying that. Maybe it's a third option. It's not that you're just dumb or don't watch football. It's they were never high on Daniel Jones anyway. It was like confirmation bias. Like you saw it look better with another guy not named Daniel Jones who you were already ready, you know, to kick out of the building. So that just confirmed it for you. So I, I think that's what it was really about. I would argue that it, outside of that last drive against Green Bay, it, it really didn't look that good. The one thing I'll say for DeVito, and it was a fun story, and you know, the fact that he's from Northern Jersey and went to high school in the shadow of the Meadowlands and the Italian-American heritage and uh, people that he grew up around miles from MetLife Stadium. could That was awesome. I mean, seriously, like you know, you and I grew up in the area of playing sports. That's every kid's yeah. dream. He actually got to live it out. So good for him. The other thing I'll say positive is he took care of the football. He did. He didn't throw the ball over the field. He didn't cough it up. He didn't fumble it. He actually took care of the football. And that's so. despite being sacked a million that's times. That's right. He's, he's holding on to the football. Here's more Brian Dable on his decision to bench DeVito yesterday. Yeah, no, I made that decision at halftime. Just felt we needed to do something to try to spark us. And we were 1-8 on third down, 55 yards passing. And that, that was a collective thing, though, you know, for everybody. Um, it's, it's a decision I made at halftime, and that's how we went with it. All right, so that was Brian Dable today, just a little while ago. And so was this when he was asked once again who will start at quarterback this week. Yeah, we'll talk about it as a staff. We're finishing up the, this game, and we'll talk about it tonight. We only have two games left, Brian. Will anything for the future go in, or is it just about these two games? Because obviously Tommy's the only quarterback, uh, backup quarterback under contract. So will that factor in, or is it just about these two games? Yeah, we're, we're just getting ready for the Rams here, and we'll, we'll talk about that tonight. Insightful. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot there. Coach speak. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Let's go to Tommy in Connecticut. Tommy, how you doing? Gentlemen, how are we doing? Great. Uh, so I was going to talk about the officiating, but Tessa definitely took uh, the wind out of my sails earlier. Um, but I just want to talk about uh, the Giants, um, I guess, draft uh, prospects going forward. So I'm, I'm, I'm still on Team Daniel, and, and I know that they only really are locked in for one more year of guaranteed money. I mean, but that doesn't mean you have to get rid of them. So I still think... You build around him, and also I I think going into this is now going to be year three of uh, Don Martindale's system. If you keep drafting the the type of personnel that's required for his you know heavy blitz schemes, you put yourself in a way better position. And also your producers are awesome because I brought up how Mike Wells was mispronouncing. Jordan Renan's name this morning on Greeny when they came back on that rejoin. That's a, that sounds like a Harvey Cruz special. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the best. He doesn't sleep. He's up all night looking for drops. Um, look, the Giants are in a tough spot again with this quarterback because if you heard Jordan say Jones, and I, I agree with this, as long as he's healthy, he's probably the starting week yeah. one because what, here you have to pay him. You can't cut him. Got to play him, and you got to pay him next year. You're paying him forty million dollars. You're actually in a good situation if you draft the right quarterback. If you if you actually go that route, that you can have him 
sit, not throw him into the fire, and play it out with Daniel Jones. The problem is you have to decide now. What if Jones goes out next year and has a year similar to last year? He was really good last year. Uh, really, he was really good last year. He, you didn't watch him. He was really good. He he was the second the second <laughs> half of the year. The second half of the year, he was their best offensive player. Uh, he pl- well, because Saquon yeah, after that first half, yeah, it wasn't. As we know good. why, but it. he was he was good. Twenty two touchdowns total for for Daniel Jones. It last was a year. unique offense it's, <laughs> built around the limited personnel that they had. It's, when someone says something is unique, <laughs> that's like code for something else. How do I look? You look yeah, unique. Look <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't want to take credit away from him. I, I, I think because uh, he, so here's what helped Jones last year. He was starting from a place where people had written him off and they had already decided we need another quarterback. There's no shot. This guy, all he does is get hurt. And then when he plays, he can't stop fumbling and and, and turning the ball over. So because he started there, you know, playing to the level he did felt like a larger leap than what it actually was. But I'll give him credit. He played well. They won a playoff game. I don't want to take that away from him. But to say he was really good last year, I don't know, like... Really good to me means you are you are one of the top seven best quarterbacks, eight best quarterbacks in, in the league. And I, I don't think that when I watch Giants games, I was looking at them saying, oh, yeah, I think they got one of the eight best quarterbacks in the league. I think if you go through last year, and it's an exercise that takes some time, but if you go through last year, he's not that far off last year from – the eighth best quarterback in the NFL. I don't, he really wasn't. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with you there. It I, I sounds like I'm hating on him, and I promise you, I'm not. I, I'm not the sour Jet fan who's hating on Daniel Jones. That's it was not, a long time ago. It, it's a just, lot's happened since then, and he looked largely because of the offensive line. He looked so bad. He lost. He had no offensive line. He lost Andrew Thomas. He lost Saquon Barkley, and then. He was out twice. Then he gets graded on the curve last year because of the lack of explosive weapons they had at receivers, right? Like they didn't really have anyone. It was Hodgins and, you know, James, Richie James. So there was no real serious threat that kept opposing defensive coordinators up. And, they, and the fact that he was able to win games. So, yeah, sure. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, All right, I let me, let me really ask good. it this way. If Daniel Jones had the exact same season this year that he had last year, would we be talking about the Giants drafting a quarterback in the first round? Well, it depends on where they would be in the draft. Like, if they're still a five-win team, absolutely. Because the you don't pay a guy a hundred and sixty million dollars. But you go year by year. You're only no. you're only locked in for next the, year. The Giants. But the question is, would we us media fans be talking about them drafting the next quarterback had he produced the same exact season as he did last year? And to me, the most important part of this is: Are they in position to draft a quarterback? What if the defense was just a sieve? And was giving up 35 points per game, and that's how you get to 5-10. and 10. But I think that watching Jones last year, you pay him thinking that there's a next level he can get to. If, he, if in year 6, he's the same guy he was in year 5, and there's no jump, even though you have better weapons... Right, like receivers, Saquon's back. There's no leap. Then I, I, I think you would be back in the the market for a quarterback because if this is the best it's gonna get, getting you know getting blown out by the Eagles in round two of the playoffs, if, if that's our apex, if that's our ceiling, then sure we need to look in a different direction. Well, I would go back to what I said before, and this is where we disagree. I thought last year he was really good. <laughs> I thought he was really good. Let's go to Lou in the car. Lou, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, first of all, Ty, you are a jet hater. I'm going to just say that right now. Get out the way. 
It's all good, man. I knew it was coming. I'm trying to I'm trying to frame it in a different way where it doesn't sound like that. I just want to say this. Regardless of what anybody says talking about getting a quarterback, we have to show up our offensive line before we get any quarterback. Our offensive line is not good. Neither is the Jets. But everybody wants to talk about getting a quarterback to put another young guy behind an offensive line that cannot block. You do those things simultaneously, Lou. Lou, you do those. get a playmaker, too, as well. Or maybe get a better, another defensive guy. Instead of always saying, let's go get a new quarterback, get a new quarterback. How good did uh, did Bryce Young do with the Carolina Panthers? He, he was the number one pick. He looked good yesterday. He got his coach fired. <laughs> okay, but how many? How, yeah, how, exactly. He got his coach fired. And how many wins do they have for the season? That's my whole point. The team you need, it's a whole team. It's not just about one player. It's not about one quarterback. You have to get your offensive line to get good first. But, Lou, that's the game starts and ends. That stuff is obvious. On the offensive line, the defensive line. Lou, that's where it ends, guys. Lou, but that's not like breaking news. Like, we understand that. The, the it thing- must be because everybody keeps saying, get a quarterback, get a quarterback. Nobody says, get an offensive line. Everybody <laughs> saying, what the hell is happening? Everyone's saying We that. started the show with that. We, we've been talking about that for five years I mean, more about now. the Jets than the Giants. But with both teams. Yes, and we thought the Giants had it last year because they were able to mask some of their deficiencies with good play calling and really good play from their quarterback. What, what, what the hell were people saying when they watched DeVito snap after snap get taken to the ground? Like, of course. But you have to do those things simultaneously. You also got to do the math. You draft a quarterback, you don't have to pay him $40 million in two years. You keep Daniel reset, Jones, yep. you got to pay him $40 million every year. It's a reset. You're, you're trying to reset the clock and take advantage of, of a who, who, a, a guy you hope is a, a high-end starter, one of the be- who, a guy who projects to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, who's on a rookie contract, and then you could supplement that with pieces around him, offensive line, of course, weapons. I heard a couple of months ago uh, Bart talking about Gabe Davis. Maybe he's another receiver who could possibly come over here. So, yeah, you do those things simultaneously. And, and you have to believe that Joe Shane – you know, is going to be in position where he can, you know, hit on some of these picks and, and help build this program. Speaking of teams that need offensive line help, the Jets. We uh, learned last hour that uh, Zach Wilson likely not playing this Thursday. We've probably seen the last of him in a Jets uniform. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he spoke McAfee Tuesday. We'll uh, rehash what he said and more of your calls. 1-800-919-3776. Pat O'Keefe, Ty Butler here on the K-Show on 98.7 ESPN New York. BetMGM is an official sports betting partner of the New York Jets and your number one app for the football season. Get ready for kickoff by locking in your same-game parlay and your favorite Jet player props and checking out the exclusive signature bets for the game. BetMGM has all the action you need every Sunday and every other day of the week, no matter what your favorite sport is, with app upgrades that will make betting faster and easier than ever. The best loyalty program in sports betting and special offers for Jet fans all season long. It's no wonder why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. If you love pro football, you're going to love wagering at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today and make this your best season yet. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in New York only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, help is available. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Zach Wilson uh, out for this week, still in the concussion protocol. So we got another dose of another dose of Trevor Simeon on Thursday night for the national audience. He was He was mostly bad on Sunday. Like he's missing guys left and right, and I, I get he orchestrates the game-winning drive. Uh, Brees Hall was was excellent. They finally figured out, you know, Garrett Wilson, that guy wearing number seventeen. Good idea to get him the football as often as possible, and he'll make good things happen. But yeah, I mean, what are you looking for in this game? This this Thursday. This, this Thursday. Like, That's a what, very good what's question. What's there to? Because the point I made with Zach earlier is this: we all crush him, and it's. It's it's deserved. It, it, we, he deserves to be destroyed just because of you know he's not lived up to the expectation of the number number two overall pick. But at least what he has going for him is that he's interesting because he he's young. He's a guy who has flashed. He can you know he's got sneaky athleticism. Like he can have a game like the Houston game like that. That's on the table. And then you st- they are crazy so out there like maybe the Jets should keep him. No, they shouldn't keep him. But at, at least. You can, you know, be wowed by that. Whereas Trevor Simeon is just a journeyman who's not done anything. There's not, no future here. Like, there's nothing to watch as far as, like, the quarterback position. Yeah, it's not even a Tommy DeVito. He's not <laughs> yeah. as good as Tyrod Taylor. Um, the only thing you're looking for, at least I'm looking for, between now and the end of the season, is you got to beat New England. And I know that could damage your draft position. And it helps theirs. I know. You've got to beat New England, man. Come on. Is that not important at some point? So I go into every game. I, I can't root against my team. I can't. I just physically can't. It's, I'm incapable of doing that. But I get to the end and I'm thinking, okay. Win-win. This you was, put yourself in a position to be yeah, a win-win. This was a, a good loss. And it's, it's, it's We're miserable because 13 straight years missing the playoffs. Like At some point, this gets old. Like You shouldn't go that long in this league where there's so much turnover missing the playoffs. But that game in particular... I'm conflicted. You want to send Belichick off with a loss. Yeah. That feels All good. All the pain he's inflect- inflicted feels, on you. It feels great. But you marched him close. Like, what's more detrimental, because that's just about pride, right? Stop face instant chat or whatever it is. <laughs> instant chat. That's just about pride, right? Like, wanting to beat Belichick. Which I feel is important. The tangible result that actually matters is sending them to their next quarterback. Which hurts you for the next, what, decade? 
The last one hurt you for two two decades. 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) And then thank God he decided to take his talents to to Tampa. But that's that's where the conflict uh, lies. You want to win the game, but you really don't want to win the game. Yesterday was a good loss for the Giants. They put up a fight. They kept it interesting until the end. And ultimately, they lost, so they did not hurt their draft position. So the tank crowd is happy with yesterday's Giants. They are. Especially because you don't look. You don't want your your teams to get kicked to the teeth. You don't get extra, you know, draft capital by losing by forty <laughs> and twenty to three at the half. Right, and it looked like it was trending in that direction. And you've lost what now five straight games to the Eagles. Oh, what is it? Eleven of their last thirteen. They've lost. They haven't won in Philly since twenty fourteen. Yeah. Then you keep going. It's like twenty six of thirty two. So they they own you. They, own. they 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 completely own you. And, you know, it's good to see them put up some fight, but when you end the night and you're fifth overall in the draft as it stands, that's a win for the Giant fan. Got to fix that at some point, being owned by not only Philadelphia, but... uh, The Cowboys. I've beaten since 2016. Cowboys as well. It's crazy. 1-800-919-3776. Last time the the Giants beat the the Cowboys, LeBron wasn't the GOAT yet. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Just teeing it up for me. <laughs> uh, let's ago. stick with football for now. Let's go to Ira on Staten Island. Ira, how you doing? Hey, Pat. Hey, T. What's going on? Hopefully, uh, you guys have good holidays. You too, Ira. You know, thanks. You, you know, you're talking about the uh, tank and all this stuff. I, I'm like Ty. I, I can't root for my team to lose, but like at the end of the day. If I walk out of there and they played a tough game and lose on a field goal, it's not going to upset me as much uh, knowing. Uh, but you know what? It, it's I know the Trevor Lawrence that burnt us, but the, the thing is, you got to pick the right player. It doesn't matter if you're picking fourth or seventh. You got to get the right guy, and you got to make sure you coach him up. But two things I want to hit on. First of all, with Dable, it's amazing, and this is I'm, it's going to sound like a knock on Salah. It just it's a question mark. You know you're drafting a quarterback with the second pick in the draft. You have Dable in the building before you had Salah. You interview him. I'm sure he interviewed well. You know the work he's done with Josh Allen and the career he had. How did they not consider not hiring him and they go and bring in a defensive coach with a, with a rookie offensive coordinator knowing they're using the second pick of the draft on a quarterback? And getting to these two games... Listen, there's two things I'm looking for. I certainly want to beat the Pats and try to get this streak over with, which is ridiculous. I'd love to walk out of that stadium handing Belichick, if it's his last home game, a loss there. And on Thursday night, whatever the, whatever the results are, I just don't want Flacco to torch them. That's, <laughs> that's the gonna, you know, thing. Ira, you know that's going to happen. You know. Like, well, you know how... Well, you know how I stood with Flacco, and you know you get a team that could you get a team that could give him the protection. I know he's not mobile; he could still throw the ball. And they're dealing with and some was, injuries on their offensive line too. That's right, but it just in, in a matter of five days, you, you could possibly let Jacoby Brissett light you up, and now maybe Joe Flacco. Two lights guys you up. could have had. That, well, one guy you did have. Not, one guy we did have, but that that would not be a good look. So that that's what, I'm I'm hoping whatever the results are, don't let Flacco kill you, and go beat the Pats on last week. That's what I'm saying about the Pats. Um, the Flacco thing, Flacco is like tailor made for this Browns team because first of all, he was home three weeks ago, four weeks ago, 
doing nothing. So you talk about a second lease on life, the house money, all that. But because of, especially against the Jets, this Browns defense is so good. The Jets, are, are they even going to get the ball across no. midfield against this Browns defense? So he can just air it out. And yeah, he'll throw every week. Look at his stat line. It's three, three yep. touchdown passes, but two interceptions. You do that against the Jets this week, you win. Easily. 265 yards for Amari Cooper. Uh, it, it, yeah, how about just to you know, go away from the Jets real quick. You know what we need in the playoffs? Don't we have to get Cleveland Baltimore? That's, that could happen. We we need to see that happen if they're because they'll probably be in the four five matchup. Uh, Baltimore's going to get the one seed, and Cleveland will be yeah. the five. They'll play whoever wins the AFC South, Jacksonville or whoever. Cleveland will probably be favored in that game. You win that, and if there's no upsets, you yeah. play the Ravens. If the two and the three hold serve, that'll be then incredible. You'll have the divisional round, Ravens hosting the Flacco. Browns with <laughs> Joe Flacco at quarterback. And plus the history between the two franchises, yep, the, exactly. the two cities, the rivalry, yep. That that would be awesome, that would be awesome. And and Lamar right now is probably the MVP of the league. What a game last night! The Ravens stomping out the 49ers. And I know you're not high on Philadelphia because you and Jordan had you know in passing mentioned they've got a lot of issues, which they do. But I well, think issues for an 11 and 14. Last night, it's all relative. Had to make the Eagle fan feel better that. Yeah, uh, we may not at, at many points of this season look as dominant as we did last year. Something like that can happen to San Francisco in the playoffs. Now, not everyone's built like Baltimore with that great defense and Lamar's the MVP, but it doesn't mean the Niners are as unbeatable as maybe we thought that they were. And on any given Sunday, we see you know teams go down. So if you can get your best you know, Jalen Hurst performance in that game in San Francisco, you feel good. But it's just, to me, this is so much parity. Like, who, who are the favorites in the a- NFC? Who's the favorite in the AFC? Who's the MVP? Like, this, this season has been... Uh, weird in a lot of ways because all the quarterback injuries, but it's it's opened the door uh, as far as parity because you just have no idea like what's going to happen. The MVP thing's been wild. It's been a different favorite every week. And you were telling me something about the someone bet, betting on Purdy. Well, there was a yeah. Uh, what, what's the business reporter's name? Darren Ravel tweeted this out, and um, somebody put a two hundred thousand dollar bet at a ticket on Brock Purdy for the MVP that would have paid out I think more than a million dollars before this game. Yesterday, he sold the ticket for $175,000. So wow. basically, he... Holy crap. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How's that looking now? How about the guy who paid one seventy five for that ticket? Oh, man, not looking, not <laughs> looking great. But I guess he kind of foreshadowed against might be uh, the uh, Ravens team that hedge. might have the best defense in football. Purdy in that spot, you know, he could stumble a little bit. But yeah, that that's having that type of foresight where you cash in on 175 racks. That's what concerns you about the 49ers. This guy was picked last in the draft, and I know it's a great story. And it was crazy because a week ago, after last Sunday night's games, I remember doing my show and saying that we now live in a world. At this moment, like eight days ago, nine days ago, we live in a world where we're going to wake up tomorrow, Monday morning, and Brock Purdy <laughs> is going to be he's going to be the favorite for NFL MVP, and he was for he, a week. He had the numbers, he had the the team success matter, but he's not the most. This is the problem I have with the MVP. He's not the most valuable player to that team. He's valuable because they got Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and a great offensive line and a great head coach and a lot of other good weapons. But that, I mean... That doesn't make him the most valuable. But I don't necessarily disagree with you. 
Because the question is, like, if we put him on, I don't know, the Buffalo Bills, right? Like, are, are, are the Bills a, a playoff team? Well, we know Josh Allen is valuable. No, they're it, not. Yeah, exactly. If we put him on, you know, pick the team that that doesn't Eagles. have you know, the weapons, and the Eagles do have, you know, maybe just as good of a receiving core as the Niners, but like pick the team devoid of all those weapons. Like put him on the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Uh, we see how we know Mahomes the best quarterback in football. Would Purdy have this same success with the Chiefs? So I get that part of the the most valuable uh, player argument, but. I mean, you couldn't ignore the numbers. He was number yeah, the one or number two in everything. But what's they the, the reason for the numbers? He's got tremendous weapons and an excellent, maybe the best offensive uh, play caller in all of football right now. It has evolved or devolved, however you want to say it, into a quarterback award, the MVP, which I, I just I hate that. And if there's ever a year in recent history, I know Lamar is now the favorite and he had he had a good game last night, but Lamar Jackson's numbers aren't overwhelming. It's not like when he actually won the MVP a few years ago where his numbers were overwhelming. There's not a quarterback whose numbers are overwhelmingly better than everyone else's. Like Mahomes this has been in recent years, like Aaron Rodgers has been in recent years, and you got two guys out there, Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Now Hill's candidacy has taken a bit of a hit in recent weeks because he's been injured, but those are two Two guys on top teams in either conference that don't play quarterback, that each of them are the most important guy on their team. Even you can throw in, go to Cleveland with Miles Garrett on that defense. Oh, forget about that. Nobody's done that since what? Lawrence Taylor in 1986. So, I mean, I get it, but because the game is centered around and we've made uh, you know an argument that the quarterback is the most important position in sports, it's hard to, on any given day, say, yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey is more important to this team than a quarterback. Like It's hard to make that case. But to answer your question, could the Chiefs do what they're doing with Brock Purdy as their quarterback? But that's why this year is so odd, because to your point, in the past, Mahomes clearly had yeah, the numbers. Yeah, he had the overwhelming like we, numbers. We Nobody saw. has that this year. Rodgers, we've seen, like Brady. Even uh, Lamar, when Lamar won Yeah, it. when Lamar won it. Matt Ryan in 2016, <laughs> setting <laughs> records. They had the sixth highest offense in NFL history. We've seen it this year. I mean, even Dak was in the conversation up until and that And rightfully Bill, so, up but until not overwhelming loss. numbers. Yeah, up until that Bills loss, where they've you know, dropped now back-to-back games against... Well, the, who do the Ravens have this week? They have the Dolphins. To play the Dolphins in the end of the season if against the they Steelers. lose that game and the Dolphins light them up, who's the favorite next week? Is it Tua? He's still in the conversation. Is it Tyree Kill? Does Hill go out and have an Amari Cooper game for 260 yards and two touchdowns? Uh, does B- Brock Purdy now with the win? I, who do they play? The Commanders next week? Yeah. Uh, with the win. And then the Rams. Elevate his... Uh, Hold on to that ticket. <laughs> that, <laughs> I don't think everybody's buying that $200,000 ticket from you. I, I nerd out over like awards, MVPs uh, of all the sports. NBA. I, I, I just love this stuff. So it's a, it's a fun conversation. If there's a, Look, if it doesn't happen this year, I, it's just it's not meant to happen. And that bothers me. I don't like eliminating a whole sector of the league from being able to win the Cooper MVP Cup award. got a vote a couple years ago. Yeah. Was that 2018? It was two years ago when they won the... No, it was more recent than that. It was the year they won the Super Bowl. Two years ago. Oh, 20, 2021. Yeah, yeah. That, that year. He yeah. had a phenomenal season. He had one of the best individual the seasons, seasons ever, ever seen, yeah. for a wide receiver. 
Hey, when I'm getting ready for a game, I have to be prepared. I have my lineup cards, the latest team stats, and of course, my mug of Bigelow tea. For me, it's Bigelow Earl Grey with a smooth taste that keeps my voice in peak condition, even when the game goes into extra innings. I refuse to settle, and neither should you. No matter how hectic your day gets, grab your favorite Bigelow tea, take a moment just for you. So grab a mug of your favorite Bigelow tea, join the millions of fans that make Bigelow number one in New York. Bigelow tea, the official hot tea of the New York Yankees. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. We were both uh, on the station yesterday, yesterday morning, as our kids were opening up Christmas presents all around us. Yes. Um, I stuck around for the Knicks broadcast as they finally defeated not only the Milwaukee Bucks, but finally defeated an upper echelon team in the Eastern Conference. They were 0-3 against the Celtics. They were 0-3 against the Bucks coming in. And, you know, you were worried that uh, with Milwaukee's talent level and the fact that it wasn't a very good matchup for the Knicks, or at least doesn't seem like it has been so far this year, but they came out, got off to a good start, uh, double-digit lead most of the afternoon, and came away with a big Christmas Day win at the Garden. And you had Giannis, Dame, and Middleton combined for 88 points. If I say, Pat, that's what's going to happen. Do the Knicks win this game? You say, Probably not. Uh, but shout out to uh, Jalen Brunson once again, looking like the man. He's going to be an all-star this year. Could slide onto that All-NBA team. And he he would he have 36-6 and six yesterday with no turnovers. 38-6. 38 38 no turnovers. Zero turnovers. And continues to be the heart and soul of this team. I thought this was an important win from this standpoint. Even if you, like myself, think that the absolute ceiling for the Knicks is round two because they're they're just not good enough to beat the Bucks or the Celtics in a long series where talent usually wins out, you have to at least, during the regular season, show some resistance. Show that if you get to round two... You can put a scare in those teams, right? Like, be be Miami last year, who wasn't as good as the Bucs. They took advantage of Giannis gets hurt in the first game. He only plays a couple minutes in the first three games. All of a sudden, he comes back. They're down, what, 3-1 in that series. And, and then they go on to win it. So put yourself into a position where you look like you can challenge that team. And if things break your way, injury-wise, maybe you can pull off an upset. So I thought that that was an important stepping stone in, in getting to that point for the next. And that's why... When you say that their absolute ceiling is the second round, I don't think it's their absolute ceiling. It's you the, think they can beat Milwaukee or Boston in the their, playoff series? It, it's their ceiling if everyone is healthy, meaning all of the other teams. But yeah, of course. you get to the second round and you match up with Milwaukee, and what if Giannis gets injured like he has in the past and like he did last season? What if you're matched up with Philadelphia? Joel Embiid has never had a playoff run where he's been completely healthy. What if you're matched up with Boston and Chris Stapps Porzingis, a guy who you know never met an injury he didn't like, is unavailable <laughs> for that game? Then all of a sudden that changes the equation. But the Knicks... And this is the first time we're seeing the Knicks really in a long time from start to finish. And we're, you got to go back to the Carmelo Anthony season of 2012-2013 when they won the division title. They won 54 games. He was 30 in MVP voting that year. Led the, led the league in scoring that year. You got to go back to then. That was really the last time the Knicks played from in front. 
the entire season. Even last year, when they won 47 games, they were 10-13 and 13 in early December, and then they found their way. Tom Thibodeau's first season, when they went 41-31, and 31, the first half of the year, they were around a 500 team, and then they ripped off an eight-game winning streak the second half of the season. This is really the first time they've built a bit of a cushion. Um, they've proven that the second round of the playoffs is certainly where they belong, and then when you get that far, and this is what happened with Miami last year, Miami caught a break in the first round. They took advantage of it. Giannis got hurt. They got a favorable matchup with the Knicks. They beat them in a six-game series, and next thing you know, you're in the conference finals. You're in game seven. Jason Tatum sprains his ankle. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're in the NBA finals. Yeah, that's what you got to do. And and Anthony Pusick, the uh, esteemed producer of, of this program. Esteemed. He, 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 he said it brilliantly. Like, the Knicks, when they play their A game, they on any given night they can beat anyone, which is why the in season tournament was fun because it's just it's a one and done NCAA situation. When the Knicks get apex level Jalen Brunson, apex level Julius Randle, and then R.J. Barrett finally decides to show up again, Emmanuel quickly's coming off the bench. You play excellent defense. When they get that going for them. There's not a single team in the league they can't beat. However, the reason why and Becky Hammond got you know just destroyed for this, the reason got the reason why you can't put them in the champ, uh, championship conversation is because and this is not to rag on him. This is not to you know sh- show any kind of hate because I love watching him play. He's a great player. If Jalen Brunson is your best team, uh, your best player, you, you're drawing dead to win a championship. That's just not going to happen. And I, I, I hate that every time we talk about the Knicks and we try to praise them, we always get back to whether they can't win a championship. I do want to give them credit for the win. Uh, I'm just saying that when they play ball like that, they can win during the regular season. I just wonder how, like, if this is going to be enough for the Knicks fan. Like getting to the second round and ba- getting bounced again. Are they going to be okay with that? Is, is that reasonable? Or do they expect more because you, you don't want to be on this treadmill anymore? You haven't been on the treadmill that long. I'm saying at some point you'll get to, all right, when's that that leap coming? It wasn't long ago where the treadmill was going the other way and you were just falling off for seven consecutive (laughs) years. So compared to that, this treadmill is not bad. The the point that, that Becky Hammond, who is by no means the only one to make, is correct because not because she said it, but because... There is evidence to point to that the Knicks this year are not on the same level as the Celtics or the Bucks. They played the Celtics three times. They lost. Two of them were lopsided losses. They played until yesterday the Bucks three times. They lost all three. Two of those were lopsided losses. So the evidence is there that the Knicks, and it's got nothing to do with Jalen Brunson, it's that this Knicks team, as currently constructed, are not on that highest level. And we also have 77 years of, of evidence of NBA history that tells you if your player, your best player, is that size and he's not Steph Curry or Isaiah Thomas and you're just not winning a championship like that's that those are just the facts so you would have to do something that really only two other legends in this game have done and that's winning championship with a guy that size being your best player and I, I, I just don't see it happening but it doesn't mean that if you're the fan, you're you're disengaged. You dismiss what you're doing this year. You know, seventeen and twelve through the first twenty nine games, finally getting that big time win. And remember, a couple of weeks ago, uh, that was a huge win over the Suns, where, where they came back in that second half and 
Brunson poured 50 and was the best player on the court. Yeah, that's okay, Katie, Katie and Brunson. Don't you regret not coming to the net? <laughs> so they're, they're corralling some, <laughs> some signature wins that has to make you feel good about what you're doing in the regular season right now. I think that was their first win, speaking of KD, over him uh, since like 2013. Yeah, he had beaten them like 10 straight times. Yeah, yeah. And he had missed a, he had missed I missed a, a lot games. of surprise. Yeah. Really? KD? He was out of the lineup? What? Watch him off, That's, that's odd. What's, what's up with you with, with the KD slander? The Knicks' big three, if you will, um, of Randall, Brunson, and Barrett, when they all score 20 points in the same game, including yesterday, they're 5-2 and two in those games. I hate that stat. Do you want to know who the two losses are against? It's pretty easy. We've been talking about them. The Bucks and Celtics. There you go. <laughs> I hate that stat. Tell me why. I think it's a ridiculous stat. Why? When your three best players score 20-plus points, most teams are going to have a winning record. That's just how, how scoring works. So I think like we use that stat, and it's like, okay, sure. It's not an overused stat. Take the three best players on any team in the NBA, uh, outside of the Pistons, uh, I guess the Wizards, who stink too, and the, and the Spurs. Those three teams okay. were historically bad. Okay. Those three best players on said team scored 20-plus points. I would imagine they have a winning record. I was using it to back up the point <laughs> you, know you made, which was our esteemed producer, Anthony Pusick's point before the show, that when those three guys are clicking, the Knicks are playing well. Yes. I yes. just who figured you? you might want a little bit I of talk data. Breaking news. When your three best players play well, you have a great shot to win a take, basketball game. Take that for data. <laughs> <laughs> it's Don LaGreca here for Ramsey Mazda. This is the season. The season to save at Ramsey Mazda during the season of Inspiration Sales Event, like a new 2024 Mazda CX-90 for $399 a month, or a new 2024 Mazda CX-30 for $199 a month. Find your new Mazda now at Ramsey Mazda. Choose wisely. Choose Ramsey Mazda. Call 833-853-2970 for details. Zero security deposit. VIN R1138486 and RM614713. MSRP 41,045, 26,645. Tax title registration extra ends 1224. Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.